if you're new to this whole world of baby led weaning and starting solid foods, you might still be on the fence as to whether this approach is going to work for you. And if that's the case, I want to send you my free feeding guide called Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby? This is a guide that contains a decision tree map that you can work your way through to determine if this is the right approach for you guys and then when it's time to start. Grab your copy of Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby on my website at babyledweaning.co slash resources. I was doing my breakfast dishes this morning, turned the garbage disposal on, and then heard that terrible noise when you know something is in the disposal, but like you can totally tell the damage has already been done. Sure enough, it was an easy peasy tiny spoon, totally shredded, which if I've learned anything about these baby lead weaning spoons from Easy Peasy is that the garbage disposal and the dog both love them. And I was bummed because it's one of my favorite colors that they make, the light gray line, which is called pewter. But my garbage disposal disaster, I guess it came at just the right time because Easy Peasy is having their annual Mother's Day sale from this Friday to Sunday, so May 10th to 12th. You can get 20% off all of the Easy Peasy feeding gear with the affiliate discount code BLWMOM on orders of $50 or more. So this is a great time to stock up at 20% off because my regular Easy Peasy code is usually only for 10% off. So this bump up to 20% off is nice, but it's just for three days. So head to easypeasyfun.com to grab tiny spoons, their tiny cups, and the best suction mats and bowls for baby lead weaning. They have a really cool new bundle maker on their website if you want to group or piece a few items together or If you just don't want to think about it, then just grab one of the Easy Peasy First Foods sets. It has everything you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods with baby led weaning. That code is BLWMOM for 20% off Easy Peasy orders of $50 or more now through Sunday, May 12th at easypeasyfun.com. And happy Mother's Day to you. And even though you're officially past the baby stage and into toddlerhood, iron is still very important. You might be excited to know, though, that the required amount of iron that your toddler needs is actually less than in the latter stage of infancy. It goes down to seven milligrams of iron. But it doesn't mean that iron is less important because iron deficiency is still the leading micronutrient deficiency disease around the world. And it's an important concept for toddlers who oftentimes are starting to favor those soft carbohydrates. They might only be eating fruit. And those foods, as you know, don't have iron in them. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Is there life after baby led weaning? Yes, absolutely. There was life before, there is life after. And I know your baby will always be a baby to you. But when they hit that 12 month mark and officially begin the transition into toddlerhood, things change a little bit from a nutrition standpoint. So in this episode, I want to explore some of the nuances of life after baby led weaning, where we're going to be looking more closely at toddler eating habits. So what's different when your baby turns one? Obviously, you got to have that first birthday party. A lot of you be celebrating other things like celebrate yourself. You kept this child alive for a year. Sometimes people will message me and be like, Katie, can I get a recipe for like a no sugar added gluten free, super healthy smash cake? And my answer is no. In my family, we cake on our birthdays and we celebrate with cake. I think there are probably some fabulous other alternatives out there if you are hardcore adamant about no added sugar. 
but I'm not. I like a celebration and it happens to involve cake and a small amount of cake at my kid's birthday party. I mean, I'm just speaking from experience, seven kids, seven cakes on their first birthday. Nobody ever died. But what else is happening when your baby turns one? Well, you're going to be making the switch to cow's milk. If you are breastfeeding still at one year, congratulations. And if you want to continue breastfeeding beyond one year, as long as it works for you and for baby, that's perfectly fine. But do know that from a nutritional standpoint, by 12 months of age, most of baby's nutrition can be coming from food. A little bit of infant milk, be that breast milk, or if you were doing formula, you're probably going to stop that and you're going to switch to cow's milk. So you're gonna kind of moving into this era of toddlerhood, but we do not recommend toddler milks. And I'll talk about that more in a second. But back to breastfeeding, if you want to continue at that point, it's mostly for bonding with your child. And it's less and less about nutrition after one year of age, because again, food is providing most of their nutrition. So when you make that switch to cow's milk, especially for the formula feeding moms, the transition to cow's milk, don't overthink it. I did a whole episode 113 all about transitioning to cow's milk and how do I do this? Some people come at me with these like crazy tapering schedules to get off of formula and onto cow's milk. And you guys, the base of commercial infant formula is cow's milk protein. Like it's not that big of a deal and you don't have to do a long and involved routine to get your baby to cow's milk. But I do have some good tips in episode 113 as you make that switch to cow's milk. How much cow's milk are we offering? Well, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends between 16 and 24 ounces. I always share in my programs with my parents that I've had more success with a more narrow range. I usually do 16 to 20 ounces of cow's milk because two of the biggest saboteurs of the toddler diet are milk and snacks. And parents say, you know, what do I have to look out for? Just tell me what to be aware of. Too much milk is a problem and milk too close to mealtime. Older babies and toddlers should be allowed to feel a term that I call casual hunger. We want them to be slightly hungry. We're not starving them out. But when they come to the table at mealtime, we want them to feel some casual hunger. And if they've had too much milk or milk too close to mealtime, they're still small stomachs, haven't had the chance to digest and empty that. And then they're full of milk. And then, of course, they're not going to eat the wholesome foods that you're providing at mealtime. And then you're going to get annoyed and then things are going to spiral downward. So watch out for milk. Whole milk, we do until age two. So no reduced fat, non-fat, or low-fat dairy products until after age two. Your toddler at one year of age still needs that fat for their still developing brain. Just keep an eye on the milk, remembering that also milk does not contain iron. It's very, very low in iron. And so if your child is very, very full of milk all the time and not eating food, the risk for iron deficiency continues to elevate. And we don't want that. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it 
If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. I know you're hyper focused on iron during the weaning period, and you're because of course the iron that baby got from mom at the tail end of pregnancy that starts to dissipate around six months of age. But iron is still important in toddler years. Iron deficiency is the number one micronutrient deficiency around the world for all children. So it's not something that goes away when you get out of baby phase. One good thing about iron, though, if we look at the recommended amount of iron, so the dietary reference intake value for iron it actually goes down at the one-year mark. So for six to 12-month-olds or six to 11-month-olds, the DRI for iron is 11 milligrams of iron. And I know that that number stresses some parents out, and we've covered that on the podcast. We actually uh, did a whole episode about does my baby really need to eat 11 milligrams of iron per day? That was episode 169. And in that episode, I share a little bit about the nuances regarding quote unquote measuring milligrams of iron and all of the different things that affect iron absorption rates in human beings. But if it makes you feel any better, for one to three-year-olds, the DRI for iron goes down from 11 milligrams to seven milligrams. Hopefully, if that has been stressing you out previously, that's less pressure on you. But please remember that iron-rich foods are still important for the toddler diet. Now, where do a lot of parents get stuck with the one-year diet. Snacks become a major issue, okay? I am very anti-snack when it comes to offering foods for babies, but I do recognize the role that snacks can play in some families in the toddler diet. Personally, in my own family, people are always like, Katie, I know you don't like snacks for babies, but like, when did your kids start eating snacks? For me, it was preschool. I would recommend holding off on snacks for as long as you possibly can. Snacks are oftentimes a conditioning effect, right? Children become conditioned to ask for snacks. And if they ask for snacks and you give them snacks, then they ask for more snacks. The next thing you know, all you're offering are snacks and then they're not eating real food at mealtime. So I still maintain that milk can be your child's source of a quote unquote snack in between meals to tide them over from meal to meal if you are on a schedule. Now, of course, when you go off your schedule, if you know it's gonna be a long stretch until the next meal, then snacks might play a role. I would encourage you to be conscientious in selecting snacks. Snacks can just be mini meals or smaller versions of the same wholesome foods that you're offering at mealtime. You don't need to buy into the packaged and ultra processed junk food, snack food lifestyle that so many kids fall victim to. And I think sometimes parents think, oh, well, I have to buy these foods for my child, but you certainly don't. So watch out for snacks. And I always say the, the preschool thing happens like it's literally just peer pressure. Like the school was writing to me like you need to send snacks for your kids. And I was like, and the kids are like, why don't we get snacks? Like, okay, there comes a time where like, I'm just going to give in, but it's at three and four. And I do see a lot of families really getting in the habits of offering snacks regularly at one, which your child just does not need. Now about the rate of growth. Sometimes parents are surprised, you know, my one-year-old is eating less food than they did when they were eight or nine months of age. And eight or nine months of age is what we really call you know, the golden age of baby led weaning. That's when they're really jamming and really like all the food and their milk intake is starting to drop and they're getting more nutrition from food. But as your baby nears the one year mark, the rate of growth slows down. And so their intake will slow down as well. Now, when your child starts walking, that's when the intake tends to pick back up, right? 
more activity, as in more walking, leads to more energy expenditure, which leads to, of course, increased burning of the energy, i.e. the calories. And then those highly active kids will feel more hungry. So there's these dips and these peaks and these valleys in your child's intake, both in the latter stage of infancy and the earlier part of toddlerhood. And just be aware of them. So if your kid doesn't feel like eating very much one day, but they ate a ton of that same food yesterday, it is not a reflection on your parenting. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Besides baby led weaning, what other type of podcasts do you like to listen to? Well, if you're into true crime and you also dig traveling, I want to tell you about a new podcast you are going to love. The new podcast is called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that all take place on vacation. So the show is hosted by a true crime fanatic and her comedy writer husband, and he has a TV producing partner. So Slaycation brings a totally unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, what the heck stories of vacations gone horribly wrong from the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, their two recently engaged lovebirds, whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended up underwater. Every episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that will intrigue you. I think you're going to love the discussion between the longtime married couple and the business partners. They also happen to be an Emmy-nominated TV producer's Every episode of Slaycation also includes humor and takeaway and travel tips that are going to keep your next family vacation from becoming your last. So if you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And that division of responsibility that Ellen Satter teaches us about, her feeding theory, that we have jobs as parents and children have jobs as children. We remember our jobs. Our jobs are to be in charge of what the child eats and when they eat and where they eat, but that ultimately your child is in charge of how much or even whether they eat. So continue to introduce new foods and reintroduce foods. If you went through the 100 first foods list with your baby, pull it back out and offer those foods to your toddler and be particularly mindful about carbohydrates, the starchy foods. It is so easy to get stuck in the pasta, potatoes, and rice rut. And yet we have 20 different starchy foods on the 100 first foods list. They work well for toddlers as well. So if you need inspo for the different variety of foods that you can be offering to your kids, even as they enter the second year of life, you can grab that 100 first foods list. If you don't have it yet, it's on my free weekly workshop called Baby Led Weaning for Beginners. You can sign up at babyledweaning.co to grab a copy of that. I also want to remind you that some degree of picky eating is almost inevitable in the second year of life. Most children will experience some degree of picky eating or food neophobia moving into the second year of life. And again, not a reflection on you as a parent. It is developmentally appropriate for toddlers to exhibit picky eating. So if you get stuck, a couple of ideas. These come from Caitlin, who's the dietitian on our team who specializes in toddler nutrition. She recommends trying food chaining. So serve a food your kid likes with a new food. There's lots of ways to do this, but here are two examples. If your toddler really likes pancakes, try doing a small tweak of the pancakes with blueberries on the side or blueberries inside. If your toddler really likes fries, try doing roasted parsnips or carrots with whatever dipping sauce or seasonings that they usually have with their fries. Try things like dippers and toppers. For example, if you do fritters, do the yogurt sauce on top, do pancakes, do roasted carrots with ranch. 
I have a free feeding guide that has five low sodium sauces that work great for babies and toddlers. I'll share that with you. Get your kid involved, right? We know that children who are engaged in food preparation are more inclined to try the foods that they're actually eating. And we had Brian Briganti from Red Leaf Ranch on back in episode 294, and he shared five foods that you can grow and easily eat with your child. If you're into growing your own food, you might like that episode. But don't give up on variety. Continue to offer new foods, continue to offer a variety of foods. And remember that the intake will fluctuate, but it's not your job to make your child eat. Good luck in the toddler years. I will link everything we talked about in this episode on the show notes that you can find at blwpodcast.com slash 339. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.